I love you, honey bunny. Everybody be cool, this is a robbery! And the you fucking pricks move! And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you! This is Soundtrack. Episode 6, another special. This time, Tarantino, baby. (laughs) I wouldn't say this is my my sweet spot, Tarantino. What about you? Okay, look, I like Tarantino. Um, and I always enjoy his movies. I mean, let's be honest, our sweet spot is 80s. Mm. So we're always, we're always going to feel a little bit. He never dabbled in the out 80s of our at depth. all, did he? He, he didn't. He was ni- early 90s. Early when 90s he started. he started. So um, I love them. I love Tarantino, though. And, and you, it would be remiss of us to not go into some of the, the great song choices that he's made over the last 20, 30 years. Some obscure song choices in there. Absolutely. Um, but, but I think. It's a Tarantino. You have to be a certain person to enjoy a Tarantino mm. film. I think you need to. He's amazing cinematography. The cinematography he sets up and the direction that he sets up and the actors he cho- chooses mm. and the storylines are fantastic. But if you don't like gore, now I love gore. People don't know that you are <laughs> called gore. Also your nickname's gore. also gore. But um, if you don't like gore and you don't like the graphic nature of of some of the scenes, very violent films, then mm. might not be your bag, mm. your little green bag, but. He's, but res- he's resurrected some careers. He resurrected Bruce Willis's career and really? John Travolta. Yeah, they, they were up to nothing before he brought them back into really, fiction. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, not up to nothing, but, but they certainly weren't. It skyrocketed them. Yes. Mm. Both of them had had good. Yeah, 80s, late 80s careers yep. and had been on ice for a while doing not much or acting in – what was John Travolta doing? Look Who's Talking was probably the best he did. Remember that? Late, look Who's Talking, Look Who's Talking too. Late 80s, early 90s, yeah. He'd sort of done his dash but he yep. brought him back as Vince Vega, yep. Pulp Fiction. Yep. And same with Bruce Willis. Iconic Wilkes. character. Yeah. And he loves um, – so obviously he, he growing up sort of – Idolise some of those guys, and Kurt Russell. Yes. He loves Kurt Russell. He brought Kurt, Kurt Russell back in a bit as well because yep. he wasn't doing much either in the sort of in the late nineties. Mm. He got him back in the early noughties with well, Hateful Eight. That was a bit later on, but Death Proof. He brought him back. Death in. Proof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think he become his movies become cult classics, don't they? Yeah. They kind of have a following. They're so unique, and there's a certain group of people that attach to it mm. and I think that's what makes them really enjoyable. If you attach to a film, that's the thing. It becomes It's almost cult status. Like you kind mm. of just, you love it. Mm. So if you get into it, you love it. If you're not into it, this might not be the episode for you. Exactly. I, what I, and I, what I would do is go back to a lot of the other soundtrack episodes like, like Beverly Hills Cop, like mm. Forrest Gump, like Top Gun, some of the classics that we've recorded over the last... <laughs> Five or six months, and uh, and I would check those out, and uh, you might find something there that uh, that tickles your fancy. So, have you done any? Tar- I I did a little bit of Tarantino research. I did a bit of. Tar- I didn't do Tarantino research on him. I did some research on some of the songs. You know that I I'm the music the man, man, and you're the movie man, the song and, master. Uh, I'm the song master, and although I don't know him very much, but uh, I know that you know your movies, and I know that you've you've looked into Tarantino a bit. You yeah. found you found some stuff. Well. He's an eccentric dude. Mm-hmm. That's obvious mm-hmm. when you just hear him talk. Yep. Can he's I say- also, He's also criticised a lot in the media for being, you know, you talked about graphic scenes and stuff. So a lot of the, the reporters get into him for having too graphic yes. a scene in the movie and he really gets arced up. Have you watched interviews of Tarantino when they like, when the, the reporters are like, do you feel responsible for- yeah. Encouraging violence in kids stuff. and things. I love those interviews. He really fires up. He fires up, but he he, he justifies it extremely well. 
Mm. And I agree with him 100% whenever he what says What does he it. say? Like, what's his... He pretty much just says, no, mm. it's, it's a movie. This is my art form. This is the way that it's I entertainment want to portray it. It's entertainment. And people will go into it knowing that and mm. I'm not influencing any. It's not condoning violence. It's not, you know, mm. that's the way that I'm I suppose the movies. argument is like if you're that twisted, anything will make you mm. go bonkers. I mean, I've turned up and watched all the Tarantino movies. I don't feel any desire to go out and do anything weird. You know, like it's just Absolutely if not. you're a nutter. And I watched Romy Michelle's high school reunion the other day and I was ready to kill everyone around me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, he. Well, one thing that I thought was interesting was even in, especially in the modern era, you can't bring a mobile phone onto his set. Oh, right. He doesn't allow it. Like not even off or whatever or on silent. No mobile no, at all. No mobile phone if you're on the set. If you're an actor or, of course, you don't have a mobile phone if you're an actor, but if you're in part of the... The team directing, producing. Can't have it whatever. on you. No. Can't have it on set. Whoa, okay. So is it's that pretty to, strict. Is that hiding – is that to, to prevent leaks or prevent – I think like, it's more a focus thing, but that's a good point. Yeah. Are they? It Could someone actually get a little yeah, screenshot? Tweet of, something out or – okay. Yeah, yeah. Bit of both maybe. But it's a focus thing. Yeah. Um, his movies have grossed $1.5 billion. <laughs> so he's, he's, a, he's a popular filmmaker. A lot of money. Um, and I thought this was interesting too. One of your favourite movies. Yes. Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, not that. No. <laughs> not as favourite as that. Um, it's got Keanu Reeves in it. Oh, Speed. Speed. He was actually going to direct that movie. Wow. Yeah, he was first in line to direct it and he passed it up. No way. That would have been a different movie if he was doing Very it. Very different. I feel I like wonder- some, of, some of the lines might have been the same. What do you do, Hatch? I don't know. I just see maybe there might be some some similarities. It's certainly not Tarantino esque, but there are some mm. there are some scenes that you that he could probably he probably would have raised to a new level. Mm. Um, what else have I got here? Oh, he wants to direct a Bond. Movie. Does he? Now that would be interesting. That, that, would that be connection interesting. to our whole soundtrack. It really does. Series. I like that. That's good. If you haven't listened to the Bond special, go back. It's episode four, three, three, three. Um, go back and listen to that. It's a, it's a, it's an absolute classic. But uh, yeah, Bond, Tarantino, Bond. I'm not sure about that. Mm. Too extreme. Too extreme. Too graphic. <laughs> too much. Mm. Too much. It's funny though, but because generally we do not like violence in our society, mm. do we? Most rightly, people don't. Rightly so. But. For some reason, you look at the grossing of his films and you look at the cult following that a lot of his films have and there's some, obviously some small part of society that enjoys seeing Mm. gratuitous violence and very graphic violence, Mm. cutting off limbs and all that. Mm. But Tarantino does it well and I think the reason why it works so well for Tarantino is that Mm. the music choices he uses makes it seem not lighthearted but makes it seem less serious than it is. Mm. Because if the juxtaposition. The juxtaposition. Yes. And that I think That's is a word the, I learned back in, in uh, year five, but well, I remember it now that. applies 25 plus years later. It does. And um, I remember that word from I think year 10 or 11 English, juxtaposition. That's right. the one thing. I've spoken about Kelly McGillis's breasts in another episode. Before. Are we going to go there again? We, we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> We, we can't have them appear in every single episode. We can't. That would be that would be bad. But um, but I, another thing I remember was, is the word juxtaposition, and it's it's encapsulated by Tarantino's films because Absolutely. the music and the the betrayal of violence and the betrayal of of mm. what he's trying to get out there with the music alongside is is the perfect mm. combo. Mm. He does it well. I've got a trivia question for you, Go. and for our audience, they can okay. play along at home. And where can they where can they answer this? I'm going to answer it after I <laughs> deliver the question. <laughs> okay. And if they want to – oh, well, they'll actually hear it. They can't. They're yes. not going to pause the podcast. Well, they can if it. they want. Well, they could. They could pause the it's podcast up to them. That's and go to at Soundtrack Guys on Twitter or um, SoundtrackPod at gmail.com mm. and they could answer it and then come back if, if they, they wanted to. to. Yes. If they were inclined. Them. Anyway. So which actor has appeared in the most – Tarantino films. Hmm. I'm going to go 
with Uma Thurman? Uh, it's a good guess. It's a good guess. The answer mm-hmm. is Quentin Tarantino himself. Is he in all? Yeah. Is he? He's in appeared few, in eight, eight of his own films. Eight of them. <clears throat> Second is Samuel Jackson. Okay, I thought Samuel be up there. Who's appeared in six? Yep. Can you name any of the six that he's in? Samuel. Uh, Django Unchained. Yep, he's definitely in Django. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in. You need help. Jackie Brown. Yes, Jackie Brown. That's three. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think he's the narrator in that. Okay, does that count? I'm thinking yes. No, sorry, he's the narrator in Inglorious Bastards. Ah, okay, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, tell me. Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. And you're missing one, which is Kill Bill. I don't know who he is in Kill Bill. I in Kill Bill? His role. I don't yeah. remember him in Kill yeah. Bill. I haven't watched Kill Bill in like 10 no, years. Like. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Sam, there you go, so Samuel there you go. L. But Tarantino, Tarantino is in more himself. than Samuel L. That's good. That's good. Mm. How good, like Samuel L. and Tarantino. What a combo. What a combo. Yeah, they, they are an, an odd couple, but they just work. It works. Yeah. It's good. All um, right, so for this right. particular podcast, yeah. similar to Bond, yep. we've decided to do our top five Tarantino flicks. Yes. And then our top five Tarantino songs. Songs from flicks. And so, originally I was going to do a song from each of my top five movies. Yep. But I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. No. I, I, well, I found that a couple of my top five are in the same movie. So that, so it's hard to... That's what I meant. Yeah. Like and I, sometimes I a movie that, is not there necessarily for its music. Mm. It's just a great flick. It's just a great flick. Um, so some some are quite separate. Yep. Um, so we'll start with movies. Okay. So how do we want to do this? We want to go back and forth. Why don't you tell me your fifth best Tarantino film? All right. So this is a movie that he wrote. I don't know if that can... Hopefully that makes it still in. He didn't direct it. Oh, okay. So there are ten. So there are the ten film. films that he wrote and directed. Yes. Did he, is, that, is, that how, is that how many? There are ten films that he wrote and directed. Mm. Uh, but you're right. There are some that he wrote, just but did, wrote, but didn't or direct. just directed. Did he do any just direct and not? Write? No, I think he direct everything he wrote. He directed. The, okay. Any sorry, any directed he wrote. He must. He wrote yeah. Them. Okay. All right. Well, um, this is one he wrote, but he gave it to. Robert Rodriguez. 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 Okay. From Dust Till Dawn is my number five. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Now tell me about this one. Have you not seen From Dust Till Dawn? I have not. Well, it's got George Clooney in it and Tarantino. They star as two, two guys who are on the run from a, um, a robbery. Mm-hmm. And then the movie just completely changes into a zombie movie. <laughs> <laughs> so random. They end up at this. They, they're supposed to meet at this club, yeah, um, to, to to exchange the money or the drugs or something. Yep. And and the movie just changes into a zombie movie because where they're meeting these people is an underground club that actually, when the light goes, they all turn into zombies. Wow. Or vampires or vampires. Something. Actually. And it, so it's the most random movie that, like, halfway through, completely changes. Um, but yeah, that's that was my first foray into Tarantino, Loved right? It. And he wrote it and starred in it, but didn't direct it. So I kind of feel like you know what that counts. Two out of three, hundred percent, hundred percent, ain't bad. So that's, that's my great. fifth. That's my fifth one. That's your fifth one. Okay, my fifth one is Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Love that. A, a, more of a modern one. Yeah. The last what was it? I don't know, five years. I ago, watched it at the cinema yeah. with my brother. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a western. But a Tarantino Western, mm. which we love. I've got a bit of trivia on that one. Do you? The horse, what's the star? Oh my God. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Forgot his name for a second. Mm. That's his actual horse that he rides in the movie. He owns he the owns horse. He owns a horse. He must own a farm. He brought his or horse. Ranch or something. Tarantino mm. said, BYO horse. You're in the film, BYO horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually weird because in Reservoir Dogs, which I'll talk about later. The budget for the movie was like so small mm. they had to BYO everything. BYO suits, shirts, your whole outfit. And costumes. Jamie had heard this for many, many years. And he thought And he thought, 
I pretty. I, I don't yeah. have to bring my horse. People are still bringing stuff, so <laughs> I'll just bring my horse. It's a western. I've got a horse. Perfect fit. Um, excellent. Oh, good. Mate, good. Great. Two. Okay. Good so, start. so not no nothing syncing up just yet. No. This is going to be interesting. Okay. And for the listeners that are that are hearing this, um, we haven't conferred about any of these top fives. No. We don't know what the other ones are going to say. So there could be a lot of similarities. There could be, as we found with the bonds. There could be a lot of differences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so let's see mm-hmm, how we go. Mm-hmm. So number four for me yep. was a close one, Kill Bill. Wow. And I don't like a volume one, volume two. I just put them together. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah, 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 yeah. One big yeah, bucket. Yeah, yeah. But Another the, one that I watched at the cinema, um, and I think that was when – it was Kill Bill like it was one of the first movies where they talked about the movie – uh, and the main draw card was that it was a Tarantino movie. I feel like that was where it kind of tipped there was over. A, enough momentum from other, from other things movies. that he'd done before to be like yeah. the next installment. The next Tarantino yes. movie yes. is this. Yes. That's how I remember it yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would have that. been probably in well, my teens. It must have no, been I think this I think it was probably early two thousands. Oh four maybe? Yeah. Oh three or oh four sometime. Early two yeah. thousands. Yeah. So it would have been we were in university, yeah. And you're right, it would have been. I, I do remember that it was more of a the next install, and you were kind of waiting for the next Tarantino installment. Yeah, from there, yes, it's then been it's then been what's he going to do next? Yes, but that was the first one where because like I wouldn't be that excited normally about watching a samurai movie or whatever mm. the hell it was, mm. but <clears throat> everyone was saying Tarantino movie or whatever, and there was a lot of hype around it, and I like everyone flocked to the cinema to watch Kill Bill. Yep. And it was a good, really good flick. But yeah, very different. Once again, ultra violent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but done in a way that sort of was tasteful in a way. I don't know. Well, it's hard to explain. Tarantino. Yeah. It's, it's one word. He gets away with it. He gets away with it. Um, guess what my number four is? Mm. Kill Bill. You are joking. There you go. You are we've kidding. We've synced up. Number That's four, good we've, we've synced up. Yeah. Kill Bill is my number four as well. Great flick. Mm. Really enjoyed it. Mm. Uma Thurman, Lucy Liu. I love the scene where she's in the um, in the hospital. She just wiggle your toe. Yes, just wiggle your toe. And then and then in the car is that Kill Bill two? And she's in the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Try next me. one, she's in there wiggling the toe again. Mm. Yeah, wiggling the toe. Classic. Um, and I love the I just love the Japanese thing. And we would, what was the thing? I don't think we're going to mention this in the podcast. But what was the um, music that you were singing as I entered your home this evening. But what's the name of that song? I don't even I don't know, know what even the name of it is. I'm going to have to just go and... Dun, 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 dun. Great background song. But when... Dun, dun, do you remember when dun. they play that? It's when they walk... It's when Lucy Liu enters with all her like samurai uh, backing with right. the masks. You know, they're walking down yeah, they're the... Posse. They're up in that top level and she walks in with all the samurai... Dun, dun, dun. It's great. <laughs> it's brilliant. He knows how to do an entrance. It's a very good instrumental. Yes, but that's not yes, what we but do. that's not what we're doing. We're not <laughs> that's not what we, we do. do here. We do song tracks. <laughs> we only do song tracks. All right, all right. So number three for me, Django. Okay. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's in right there. there. It's in there. Um, Tell me your thoughts on that. I just there were so many scenes that were. It was a combination of violence, but also the humor. Yep. I know it wasn't supposed to be necessarily funny, but the way that the, I, the but, ultra yeah. overacting from yes. all the characters and yes. stuff. There's always like, and, and you've seen them like um, online, there's heaps of memes where, have you seen the meme where DiCaprio's laughing in jail? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. <laughs> and it's used for It's <laughs> yeah, it all the time. <laughs> And it's like such a perfect laugh. It's yeah. like oh, it's like just that freeze frame of him is like you can fit it for anything. That's like oh, really? Oh, yeah, Panthers, uh, Panthers are going to. Paramount is going to wait in the top four. Um, yeah, so Django's my three. Yeah, um, yeah, makes it into my top three. It's a classic. Fantastic. My three is a cult classic, absolutely, and probably one of the most popular mm. Tarantino films of all time. Pulp Fiction. Okay. Yep. Pulp Fiction is my three. Mm-hmm. As you said, Vincent Vega, Samuel L. Jackson, cheese royale, a royale <laughs> with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uma Thurman again and just, yeah, quintessential violence, you know, intrigue mm. and just 
you know, hunting people down. And I love the speeches. I mean, the speech that that he gives. I love the scene when uh, Samuel Jackson's there in there coming. What are you having for breakfast? Uh, burgers. Oh, the cornerstone of every American breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> the hitman who decides to then and they're looking for somebody. Oh, oh it's in the cupboard. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, just classic lines and you know a lot of things mm. that that have now permeated into popular popular culture. Yeah, come from that. Come multiple, from that. Come from that film. Yeah, come from that film. Um, right, number two. Number two, inglorious bastards for me. <gasps> okay. Well, I've got a, a feeling that our two and one are exactly the same. Well, yeah. Well, no. Oh, okay. Definitely not. All right, mate. Definitely not. Definitely not. Okay. All right. No so worries. So my two's inglorious bastards. Yep. Well, um, my, well, I'll, I'll tell you that mine's my two's same. Also inglorious yes, bastards. Yes. 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 So now we're in full Tarantino swing. This mm. is at the, this is at the point where you're kind of waiting for the next release, mm-hmm. waiting for him to see what he's going to take on next, like mm-hmm. what genre. Yep. He does the WW2 flick. Yep. Does it really well. Yep. And then completely twists on like it's it's a it's a you know, not a not the the real way that Hitler dies or whatever in the cinema, but no. nobody cares. It no. doesn't matter. It was no. just so doesn't matter. good to see. It's Tarantino. He makes he, <laughs> he, he can do whatever the hell he, he wants. He makes his own history. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's my number two. I love it. This is one of my favorite movies of all time, actually. I love this. Mm. Such a great flick. So good. Just that I mean, look, full disclosure, my wife, as you know, is Jewish. Right. So there's a lot of and satisfaction. All, and also had a lot of her family. All those Germans A lot of her family slaughtered. that were actually killed in, in Austria by the Nazis. Mm. Um, so it's just, it's one of those flicks where you kind of, it's, it's, one, it's almost like a flick where you kind of, as a kid, mm. where you think, oh, imagine if you just, well, you know, the conversation you have with your mates, if we we're able to just... Go back Form there. a team together and just get out there and just, mm. you know what I mean? Well, how and good's that, Brad Pitt in it? And that's what so Brad Pitt good. kind of assembled. Like he's had his, mm. his crew that were, mm. you know, our job is to kill Nazis and that's mm. and that was the whole premise, which is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. No, he nailed it. Yeah. Um, so I love that. So you reckon our ones are different? They have to be different because my number one's Pulp Fiction. Ah. I'm trying to think what I've missed with yours. I've lost ah. track of your five. But Pulp Fiction is my number one. Okay. Yep. Um, just, I don't know. I don't know if it definitely wasn't the first movie to, um, you know, rearrange the sequences of the film and then have you kind of catch up with things. Like it's definitely, it's obviously, you know, not in sequential order. Yep. That was really interesting the way it was shot. Yep. But also just the story is really cool. Mm-hmm. Completely random, you know, where, where the guy ends up bloody getting captured by a, the... the, the the cop that's into into um, S and M and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, weird. Yeah. But yeah, like one of those movies that if you it reminded it, you of your university days. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch the movie, like how, I don't know anyone who can watch that movie for the first time and not just like ignore everything else that's going on and yes. have to watch to see what yes. the hell goes on in this movie. Yep, yep, yep. So yep. that's my number one, mate. I love it. Now I'm I trying to think it. what I've missed out of your five. My number one is. Reservoir Dogs. Right, his first one. Yes, his it's first definitely one. the original. An honorable mention for me, but yep, yeah, the original, the original uh, installment of, of Tarantino universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, love it. I just love the suits. I love the group. The, the you know the names, Mister Pink, Mister. I just love the whole <laughs> the whole thing around it. Just it was when I first saw it, I thought this is just so cool. Mm. These guys are so cool. I love what they're doing. I love the whole. Thing, mm. um, and also I love the music, which I'll talk about which a couple we'll of those about. a little bit later. Um, he made that whole movie for like one million bucks or something. Yeah. It was like I on just, a shoestring. Yeah, I thought it was just really cool, mm. and introduced me to Tarantino, and was just you know very mm. um, violent, but also just made it seem mm. normal and made it seem exciting, mm. um, and not as gratuitous as it was if it was real life. Mm. You could watch it and go, no, this is completely normal this is just part of what this is just part of what they're doing um so yeah so i i um love that one so that's good i, I like that i like that we've got some little bit of differences little difference but not too much obviously kill bill django inglorious bastards 
Pulp Fiction were all in the five. All in the, in the five. five. And the only five. difference was uh, Dust Till Dawn. I had and, from Dust Till Dawn, you and, had. And Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. That's good. That's good. I like that. Love that. Time for the music. Mate, now, as anyone that's seen a Tarantino movie will know, he makes choices that are a little bit, what do you reckon, left of centre. Just slightly. And they might not. So when you watch a movie, for example, and you see something that's pretty serious happening, usually there's a bit of a, you know, like in Terminator, for example, you might have an action scene going on, you've got a hard rock song going on, whatever, or there's some sort of violent duel going on and Mm. there's like, you know, really ominous, you know, serious Mm. kind of score going on or a song that's a bit more rocky and a bit more hardcore that matches up with the scene. Tarantino pushes against that massively. Mm. He's got, you know, he's got these ridiculously violent scenes and he's got old 50s classics playing in the background <laughs> or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous, which is great. I love it. And, and, it, and, as, and I think as we said earlier, it kind of makes, it almost makes the violence acceptable and makes it kind of, it just, it just draws you in a bit more and makes it a bit more lighthearted than it probably should be mm. considering that just how graphic it is. So, um, so I, I love that about the music and, and, and Tarantino does that purposely. Um, a lot of the time he, he makes choices that he wants to go against the vibe of the scene to kind of draw the viewer in and kind of confuse mm. them a little bit and, mm. um, and make it a little bit lighthearted and a little bit quirky. Uh, which he is, as we know. So, um, and there's actually a few clips that I found online of Tarantino talking about his music choices and his thoughts about music in uh. and songs in his movies. Um, so I thought that would be a good place to start with the music. So I'll uh, I'll throw to those right now. It's a big part of the fun of modern movies is to have modern pop songs in your films, and you kind of cut the scenes to them. I could make a tape that your character would listen to. If your character had a little mixtape of music that they liked, I could make a mixtape that your character would have made. How I end up doing it my own, it's a real pretty private thing. I have a record room in my house because I'm a big vinyl guy. That's in bins and it's broken down by genres. And part of my thing when I'm coming up with an idea is to go through those records and kind of find the music or the personality of a given movie. It's like I'm, f- I'm looking for the spirit and the rhythm that this movie needs to play in. When you do it right, and the music and the movie kind of goes in sync with each other and for a sequence or so, it's just kind of like you're flying or you're skating. And those are always just some of the funnest parts to watch with an audience because they're really engaged. So, mate, there you go. There we are. From the horse's mouth, Tarantino mm. talking about the music. He's absolutely. It's great to hear that his insights there, isn't it? It shows you just how important it is to him in the movie. There's no, there's no randomness about the selection. It's all very purposeful. Yep. And, um, you know, and I suppose with with films like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, like how carefully he selected the music. Yep. It goes to show. And the impact it has as well. The Absolutely. Scenes. And another great quote that I found actually when I was doing my research, 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 Shoshana, Shoshana, <laughs> come back, Shoshana. <laughs> another great quote that I found doing my research um, that he said about his music is, I don't believe in putting in music as a Band-Aid to get you over some rough parts or bad filmmaking. Hmm. If it's there, it's got to add to it or take it to another level. Hmm. There you go. So that encapsulates it a bit as well, doesn't it? Um, and what do you also find, and we talked about this when we were in Top Gun. Remember we talked Top Gun when um, <clears throat> there was a song that Tom Cruise was listening to at Kelly McGillis's house. Remember I saw her boobs in Witness? Year 11 yes, English, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I recall that. Anyway, he was at her house in Top Gun and there was a song on the radio and he was talking about his father used to play that song when he was a kid. That's right. Yeah. And it was, and we were like, isn't it great when people in movies interact with the song that's yeah. on? Yeah. Tarantino does this so well. He often has characters listening to music 
or putting, you know, in a part of the movie or turning on a record player or a radio mm. and immersing themselves in the music as part of the movie, like a scene might be, mm. you know, and we might talk about this, you know, Uma Thurman dancing before she kind of overdoses, mm. you know, dancing to the song mm. in Pulp Fiction and mm. really getting into it. And he does, that's, but I think that just is, is so telling in yeah. the way that he feels about music in movies in the fact that he thinks that, they're not just a soundtrack or a song track. They're not mm. just in the background. I want the movie. I want not only the characters to listen to the music, but I want them to engage in the music. Mm. And it, it needs to become, mm. you know, part of the storyline. It's part. It, it's now part of of what they're doing, mm. um, which is awesome. Mm. Uh, I think it, it it brings you in, and when you listen to the music, you really you're, you're drawn into the into the moment. And I think for my top five, when we're talking about top five songs, they are. Hundred percent connected to the scene that they're involved in. Yeah, it's they're, not. They're, it's not just the song. Like, the we've had movies scene. where it's like this is a great song, mm. and I even remember we were talking about a you know re-releases of an album that came out with just songs from that era that were great songs mm. and worked, mm. but had nothing to do with the movie. Mm. The songs that I'm talking about, and and probably what you're talking about, the reason why we love them is because they are hundred percent connected to that scene. Yep. Um, and the reason why you love them is because they're they're almost an extra character. If you hear them on the scene. radio, you instantly think of the movie and potentially the scene that they're from. And that's the reason why you love it, yeah. because of the connection with what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so is top it time fives. for our top five it songs? Is. It I'm, is. I'm more interested in this than I am with well, I, I was with the films. I think with the films, I kind of expected us to get most of them to be pretty similar. Same. Yep. But this you think this will be a little bit shot out of nowhere? Left field. I've got no idea. This so. could be all over the shop. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what, do you want me to start with number number five? Go your number five. Bang, bang. My mm. baby shot me down. We rode on horses made of sticks He wore black and I wore white He would always win the fight Bang, bang, he shot me down Bang, bang, I hit the ground Bang, bang, that awful sound Bang, bang, my baby shot me Nancy Sinatra Fantastic Version Fantastic Which is in, obviously from Kill Bill Yes um, Interestingly It was written by Sonny From from Sonny and Cher Oh really? Yeah Right Okay, okay. What's his surname? Bono Sonny Bono Sonny Bono Sonny Bono Yes Sonny Bono Wrote the song Yep Sure sang it first in the 60s Yep And Nancy Sinatra, Sinatra. Sang it um, uh, was, was the track from, from Kill Bill Yes And then there was a There was a dance remix Remember that Came out pretty shortly after Kill Bill came nah. out You don't remember that? No no it was it <laughs> Yeah there's always a dance remix <laughs> Because the Nancy Sinatra version is There's always a very, dance remix is, is quite slow But then the dance track is My baby shot me down 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 Oh down, I do remember down 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 <laughs> That actually wasn't a bad that track That was a good track We probably danced to that at the Fiddler Yeah I'm sure we did <laughs> um, Yeah so that's my number five And um, from Kill Bill Which is also my top five movies um, and yeah. it's great that black and white scene, the first opening scene when she's there, she's lying, she's wounded, she's mm. that's good. Okay, um, my number five is, and you'll know this name, mm-hmm. Chuck Berry. Oh, good lord! You can never tell yeah. from Pulp Fiction. It was a teenage wedding, and the old folks wished him well. You could see that Pierre did truly love the Mademoiselle. Dance competition. And does that connect us into the Back to the Future universe? And it does. And once again, it shows us that <laughs> Back to the Future is the center, is the center of, of the, universe. the universe. Chuck Berry, and who's Marvin Berry's cousin? 
cousin. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Now, um, this was uh, actually a new batch of hits that Berry produced after being released from prison in 1963. Mm. After serving 20 months for transporting an underage female across state lines for immoral purposes. Uh, yeah, so what the hell was he doing? We didn't know that about Chuck. We love Chuck from Back to Visual. We didn't yeah. know that. Um, he had met a 14-year-old girl in Mexico who he brought back to St. Louis to work in one of his nightclubs. Yeah. So. Right. That's, so, that was it. So he, his, his version of events was that she was going to work in one of his clubs. Oh, is that, is the, that, is there another is that version? An excuse? I mean, that was what he said. Oh, are you, do you, are you saying that there are other sinister motives? Well, I don't know. <laughs> At the time, it was, uh, there were a lot of African-American people being incarcerated for things they didn't do. Mm. But, mm-hmm. yeah, his, mm-hmm. his version of events was that she, she was uh, successful in gaining employment somewhere. Right. And he was transporting her across state lines to work at his bar. Right. But, I mean, who knows? I'm who gonna, knows? I'm not going to speculate on what We're not going to speculate. Who knows hey, what the hell he was doing. who are we? Doing. Couple of podcast hosts. <laughs> we're not we're not law enforcement officers. Nah, nah. Um, we don't know. But yeah, who knows what happened. Anyway, um, all right. So that was my number five. Your number four. Let's hear it. So this is from a different film. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie that was your number one Tarantino movie. Yep. Reservoir Dogs. Yep. And didn't make my top five movies. Okay, but it made your top five songs. But it made that's it okay. Top, that's okay. My top uh, five songs. That's okay. Stuck in the middle with you. Ah, uh, very good. Very good. Um, and it's the ultimate song uh, choice that defies the scene that it's from. Like the, the cop's getting tortured. Incredible. And the guy is, yep. starts dancing to this song yep. like a crazy nutcase. Dance it. Michael Madsen. Yeah. Who apparently improvised the scene. Who was the dad in Free Willy. Really? Yeah. Okay. I well, the seen, stepdad. I haven't seen Free the Willy st- in forever. He was the stepdad in Free Willy. Okay. Remember I had, had the kid out of stepdad and he was trying to connect... Yeah. With the kid, yes, yeah, I do now and then and, and at first the that kid was, was like, "No, Madsen. I'm just going to go and hang out with the whale, and I'll see you later." Yeah, but I then at the, the end, whale. they were they were right at the end. Okay, yeah, that's good. That so character. very different, very different. I've feel. got some interesting trivia about that Michael Madsen character. Go, I just want to throw in there. Mm-hmm. So he was Mr. Blonde. Yes, you know what his real name was? What? Vic Vega. No, brother of Vince Vega. So that in this. In the Tarantino universe, they're brothers. Yeah, so I've I've seen a whole bunch of stuff online though that there is like a tie into every single Tarantino film. Movie. Like there's a oh, whole kind of there's but that's the same with everything like Disney and there's all these Easter eggs. They say everything's connected. Whatever. Yeah. Well, Tarantino was going to make a Vega Brothers movie, right? But then I think it's both of them have got a bit old and they're not going to bother now. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's toyed with the idea of using those characters in their own film, The Vega Brothers. That's Mr. The, Blonde and that would work. Yeah, I would. I would watch that. Mm. That's good. Um, but you're you're absolutely right. That scene, and as we were saying earlier, that scene is just what's the, what's our favourite word with Tarantino? We're starting with J. It's juxtaposition of the song. It's perfect. He's dancing around. And I don't know why I came. It's an, imagine and just dancing, being doing in a little the groove and listening and, and what and seeing that for the first time. Thinking, it's what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Am I supposed to be? Like am cringing I, at the fact am that the I bopping guy's to this or is this? Or yeah. Like, hey, is this a good track? I'm starting yeah. to dance. Well, what am I doing? Cuts off his ear. Stop squirming. Cuts off his ear, and then speaks into it. Hey, hey, can you hear that? <laughs> it's just bonkers. <laughs> it's bonkers, but it's such a great song, though. Yeah. It's such a great song. Okay. Um, all right. Well, nine, my number four, and this is what kind of when I was saying earlier that my songs have been connected to the scene that they're in. Mm. So I'm choosing some of my favourite scenes from Tarantino films and the song that's in the background just aids it perfectly. Mm. And that is a song, I don't know if you know, if you can tell me where it's from, then I'll, I love it. Okay. Human Beans is the name of the band. Okay. And the song is Nobody But Me.
I'll tell you it's from Kill Bill. Ah, okay. No, you got me. And the scene is when she's on the dance floor. When we were talking about Lucy Liu walking in yeah. with her crew into that club. Yeah. And Uma Thurman's on the dance floor surrounded by all of Lucy Liu's samurais. Mm. And she has to fight her way out. And she goes nuts. Like there are yeah. at least 30 of them surrounding her. Yeah. And she's got her sword. And she goes nuts. She's cutting, you know, oh, you, I see, that scene. you see legs but just. I don't remember the you, song. you see feet stay where they are. And the sword goes like through the leg and the foot stays there. And then you see the, ah, you see the guy cringe to the floor and, and just like she absolutely nails all of them. And in the background is a song called Nobody But Me. This, this song, Human Beings, Nobody But Me, it's actually in literal terms, the most negative song ever recorded. What? Who's, who's actually <laughs> done the research on that and can <laughs> safely say it is? Well, the word no appears 100 times. Oh, right. And okay. the word nobody gets sung 46 times. <laughs> okay. So, surely the most negative song ever. Most negative song ever. Ever. Um, all Fair right. Enough. All right. You're number three. Let's, number three, let's keep going. Um, you've already mentioned it. Okay. Uh, you never can tell. Yes. Uh, you know, from pulp. And I'm going to give you the hot tip. Go. My top three songs are all from pulp fiction. Whoa! Is that a spin? I think I know one. One of them is probably my honorable men, honorable mention. I reckon. Right. Okay. Um, I think I know one of them. The other one. Okay. Mm. All right. That's right. So I can't wait to hear. You never can tell. Like it's uh, hearing that independently of the movie. Yeah. It's all right. Good track. Good, good fifties. Good track. Sixties. Right. Fifties. Sixties. Fifties. Early sixties. Late fifties. Maybe. 50s, yeah. 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 But. When you hear the song now, all yeah. I can see is the two of them doing the yeah. that twist. Yeah, yeah that's you know, right. Like, they just stand amazing. there for ages too. It's like really, the camera angle just doesn't change. Yeah, like they just it, stand. They, there they for, want it to be a little bit awkward, and then yes, it gets, and then you warm and then into the you kind of get when yourself they into finally it, get into the when dancing. they get in a bit of a groove, and then you start seeing the close up of him and the close up mm. of her, and but at the start it's kind of just standing there and everyone just looking around and the music's not as loud as the kind of club and it's like yeah. yeah. But apparently Uma Thurman was really intimidated. Oh, by, right. Um, oh right. Yeah, by John Travolta because of how good of a dancer he was. Oh right. Because she's thinking, shit, I've got to do this scene with him. And Saturday he's Night Fever, amazing dancer from there. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think he put out all stops. Like he was, nah, he was a bit late there. Nah, but you could still he tell. He could you tell. could still tell. There he like, had something. He's, in there. Something he had in his back pocket. Here. So dun, yeah, dun, that's dun, my dun, number three. Dun, and, dun, and like as an ind- as I said, as a song independently, listening to that song without the movie, yep, you'd probably just skip past it. Yes, but this is the power of a soundtrack. You know, to a film. Exactly. You hear that song on the radio now. Yeah. You just want to get up and start. That's all you hear. You start doing the twisty thing. Absolutely. Um, You're absolutely right. And that's that's the connection we're going with here. Mm -hmm. And my three. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to love this three because we, well, we recreated the scene that this song is from, but we didn't use this song. I'll talk about that in a sec. Mm. So number three is the George Baker selection is the group. Right. Little Green Bag. So this is from the opening credits of um, Reservoir Dogs, oh. and they're walking in all their suits, and you got the whole crew with their suits oh. walking towards the camera. Yeah. And you and I were involved in a recreation of this for Tura Love, our, our documentary Tura, ourselves. Uh, yeah, going to that's right. Which yeah. everyone heard about in the last episode, Tura mm. Love 2004. Mm. Uh, but instead, we used 
Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> and then we used uh, tennis balls wrapped in tinfoil as the smoke. As the smoke. That's yeah. right. So we had smoke coming up, which, which fit with the Excalibur. Should we explain to people like what Tura Love is? I think we did a little bit last. Did we? I think last episode we did. But if you weren't if you weren't listening last episode, very quickly it was just yeah. a bunch of us that went on a holiday. Yeah. Thought that we'd film it, and then we had a mate who was a master editor who turned it into a, a, a film. Yes, Liam Donaghy, and who I know is an avid uh, listener, listener of, and coincidentally edited to a love in avid. Exactly. Um, and yeah, and yeah, he was the master editor. And, and at the time, we thought it was like it was, should be up there. Cinematic with the, all brilliance. The, yes. Yeah. We thought that everyone was waiting for our next Tarantino installment. But they, yeah. But, yeah. And I think we mentioned last week that, well, not last week, last episode that we were, um, we hired out of church and invited all Premiered our friends and family. And the film. At the time, people did enjoy it, though. They did enjoy it. I must say. And the opening sequence of us in our suits walking to Excalibur, a la Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs, Dogs, but not with the same song, which is my number three. Um, I think we nailed it. We were all in our suits. We looked great. I think we nailed it. So the exact same scene, mm-hmm. I'd say if we didn't make Tour of Love in 2004, I'd say Reservoir Dogs probably took it from us. Mm. But they they had a great scene at the start of the movie where they're kind of walking towards in their suits, the whole crew, yeah, and that's yeah. the song that's playing. Um, and this is probably the song that introduced – I mean this is the song that introduced Tarantino fans to his universe. Mm. I mean, his first film was Reservoir Dogs, 1992, mm. opening credits. This was the first song mm. that they heard in a Tarantino film. So mm-hmm. um, now it actually was supposed to be Little Green Back. It's called Little Green Bag. It was supposed to be Little Green Back as in money. Right, okay. But the single debut was misprinted by the publisher. Oh. <laughs> Okay, there you go. Um, so, and of course, it became their, num- their top hit after that um, by the wrong name. And uh, worse yet, they had to change the name of their album to reflect the same the as wrong what the, spelling. The, the misprint. That's right. But um, did they if, change the actual singing of it? Well, if you listen to the words, Greenback is actually sung. Oh. Not green. Similar green to bag. License to. Kin. Licensed to kin. You know, Licensed to Bond. kick. Licensed to kiss. Whatever. Licensed, whatever. Anything you know, but kill. Anything yeah. but kill. Um, all right. You're number two. Okay. So I've already told you that they're all now from Pulp Fiction. Yes. Uh, my number two, and it was a close one. Let's stay together. Al Green. What a song. Yeah. And it's uh, the, the, the scene is Marcellus Wallace's bar or club or crib, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And he's talking to Butch about, you know, the fact that he needs to throw the the, the fight <laughs> yeah. and take a dive or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I love I loved the whole speech. Like, it's just so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At some point, you're going to want to, you know, not take the dive or fight. That's just ego fucking with you. <laughs> and that song's playing in the background. It's just so cool. It's good. It but creates see, the atmosphere. But see, that's the thing. It creates it. It's not, it's in the background. Mm. It's not necessarily prominent, but. Yeah. But now when I hear that. as You, that, you see that. It attaches dun, itself. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, like that's all you think of. So in love with you. Yeah. Great track. So good. Okay. Um. Now my number two, I thought I, I thought that this would be this might be one of your honourable mentions, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
My number two is David Bowie. Right. Okay. Cat, cat people. Yeah. Coincidentally, in brackets, called Putting on Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is actually the song that's being played when Shoshana is getting all dolled up and putting a lippy on and putting her everything on ready for the um, theatre performance of the Nazi propaganda film oh, in the theatre that she runs. Right, in Inglorious Bastards. In Inglorious Bastards. Okay. And she's getting ready and she knows what she's going to do. She's got her plan. She knows all the top Nazi guys are going to be there mm. and she knows that she's she's got a whole plan and her getting ready is to this fantastic David Bowie song and just knowing what she's going to do and knowing what's coming. Mm. Her plan and knowing that the Inglorious Bastards are also involved Mm. is just fantastic. See these eyes so green I can stare for a thousand It's all just the scene. The scene mm. and the song just match up perfectly. Goes together perfectly. Yeah. And, hey, it's Bowie. It's a great song. Oh, Bowie. Uh, okay. Now, of course, the single became Bowie's biggest solo hit in America since Golden Years, which was six years previously in 1976. It peaked at number one in New Zealand, this song. Oh, NZ. Yeah. I loved it. I know. Okay. Shut. Remaining there for three weeks and was also number one in Sweden. Oh. And okay. probably Norway, we assume. Yes. Like, aha. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, now, Tarantino loves to talk. I found a lot of Tarantino quotes when I was going through. He loves to talk about his music. He mm. said of this song, I've always really loved that song. It's one of my favourite David Bowie songs of the 80s, but I never liked it the way that it was used in the movie Cat People. There was a movie Cat People was used in because Paul Schrader didn't really use it in the movie. He just threw it in the closing credits. And I remember me and all the other guys at Video Archives. Now, Video Archives was a, a, a video store in <laughs> video California that they worked. Oh. Um, they were very disappointed by that. And we said, oh, man, if we had a song like that written for our movie, we'd build a 20-minute sequence around it. And so no, he did. And so he did. And so that's exactly what he did. Um, now, mate, you worked in a video store, didn't you? We both, we both worked in a video store. Yes, we didn't work in the same video we store. We didn't though. work at the that same video store, though. So you worked in Video Easy. The gentleman that we've referred to before, Liam Donaghy, and I worked in the same video store. Yes, and Liam Donaghy. Video Donahue, Easy in Borkham Hills. And he used to visit me in Borkham Hills Video, which was at Stockland Mall. Yes. And he would come and he was working at Gloria Jeans up the... Where I also worked as well. Yeah, up um, the up the thing and he'd come down and he'd try and get a free rental and he'd yeah. say, I'll get you free coffee and I'd say, I don't drink coffee and and he'd say, I still <laughs> can want I still free, get the can rental? I still get the rental and I'd say, well, that's not how it works. But um, anyway. I had a great thing going with uh, with Jimmy. Jimmy who used to work at Jimmy Red Shit. Rooster. Jimmy Shit. Jimmy Shit, what happened? Uh, he used to give me a uh, strip sub yep. and I'd get him a iced chiller. Very good. So we had a good trade going. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Everyone was happy. Okay. I should have hooked up with Jimmy shit. He could have given <laughs> me a strip sub and I could have given him a strip tease. Demi Moore. 
Um, but you enjoyed and and going back to Turo Love, which mm. is not the center of the cinematic universe mm. as we know Back to the Future is, but it has come up a lot. Mm. And I know that you when when Turo Love was was released, is it true that you you know when you go Despite into a video it. store and they would have movies mm. sitting, they would have movies playing on the TVs in the store? Did you put Turo Love on the on the store? I don't. TV, TV I screens? think Donahue may have done that. Okay. I don't. You'll have to. We'll have to ask him to okay. find out. But we okay. certainly did create copies of the video what? and display it On like it was an actual film to like see if was... anyone would rent it. Did anyone rent it? Nobody rented it when I was ever there. Okay. And once again, we'll have to confirm with Donnie whether any versions were rented. Okay. That would be interesting if that would. <laughs> so, what were your go-to's when you on the screen? What were the ones that you put on the screen? Oh, I, I pretty much put on eighties. No, I I put no. on I put on um, a lot of music. Oh, the dance, Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Mac would be an often go to. That would be that's a good go to. I had a pretty I had a pretty. That makes people happy about you can yeah. browse for a while to the dance. I know. I mean, my shift would be four hours probably. And, okay, and the DVD goes for a couple of hours. So if I did that DVD, I'd knock off half my shift. Done. I had a pretty good routine going. I'd start Maybe. off with a with a chicken burger and a. Yep. I'd normally be hungover because I'm doing a Saturday morning shift. So yes. at that time I was nursing a headache. Yep. So it'd be a Gatorade <laughs> and a chicken burger to get the morning started <laughs> to try and <laughs> Gatorade and chicken. To sort of refuel and then I'd throw Fleetwood <laughs> after an hour of coming to We don't pronounce it Gatorade. We we know that it's Gatorade, by the way. But anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> after an hour of yeah. sort of you know, getting some electrolytes back in the yes, system. Getting uh, your body rebalanced. back. Yep. That would go for two hours. Yeah. And then the last hour was just a Terminator. Down, it was a downhill Done. slide. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. I love that. So, your number one. Mm. Now, let's get, it's from Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And I think I know what it is. But you tell me what it is. I keep having to refer to my notes. And the thing I'm referring to my That's notes okay. for is the, is the actual singer. Because I keep forgetting. Yep. It's not Neil Diamond. Right. It's Urge Overkill was yes. the person who sung it. Yes, I know you, I know exactly what you're doing. You'll be a woman soon. I love you so much, can't count all the ways I died for you, girl, and all they can say is he's not your kind. You'll never get tired of putting it down And I never know when I come around What I'm gonna find Don't let them break up your mind Don't you know good She puts this on Yeah, she just puts, She turns it on just before She overdoses She mistakes She thinks that it's cocaine mm. But it's heroin mm. And she snorts it and, and she almost, almost, uh, yeah. almost, yeah. almost, almost. Spoiler alert. So, yeah. Once again, um, you know, a, a scene that goes down in folklore, uh, and and that's the song that, yeah. And the lyrics you too. Recall from it. Mm. A naive woman that's kind of, you know, wants yeah, to be shown a good, perfectly. Safe. Wants to be shown a good time, and that song's playing. You'll be a woman soon, and then she kind of gets a bit of confidence, and mm. next thing she's almost dead. Mm. Brilliant. And I wonder, you know, you you don't know what would have happened, but what would have happened between Vince Vega and, and her mm. Mia Wallace? Well, I love that if he's, that didn't happen, you know, like love, he put the music on and yeah. what was going to happen next? Anyway. I love that he's in the bathroom talking himself out of it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's talking to himself, in the, talking to himself mirror, in the mirror, telling him that he can't do he can't do anything what he's wanting to do. And any every, any time in that movie that he goes to the toilet, bad stuff happens. Ah. He goes to the toilet, he gets shot in the yeah, toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens in the toilet. And I'm sure yeah. there's another scene where he's in the toilet. Oh, the robbery happens and he's in the toilet. Right. Yeah. So every time he's in the toilet, yes. that stuff happens. Once again, Tarantino. Interesting. Screwing with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, screwing with us, messing with our heads. Um, look, my number one is um, Steel's Wheel. Some 
We've talked about it before. It has to be. It just, I just love that. It's so crazy and so psychotic, but it just works so well. Mm. It just, if that's, if you're in that mindset of, this is just so bad and he's just, this guy's freaking nuts, and you've got that song going, it's like, okay. This is cool. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's just maybe the sadistic person in us. In us. Mm. We just look at it and go, this is fucking nuts, but mm. I'm somehow enjoying it. <laughs> you know? Mm. Anyway. Um, now, this was actually written as a parody of Bob Dylan's Paranoia. Mm. I don't know. And it ridiculed a music industry cocktail party. With the lyrics, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Okay. Here I am stuck in the middle of you, with you. And Tarantino, as we know, loves to talk about his music. He said to Rolling Stone, that was one of those things where I thought the song would work really well. And during auditions, I told the actors that I wanted them to do the torture scene and I'm going to use Stuck in the Middle with you. But they could pick anything they wanted. They didn't have to use that song. And a couple of people picked another one, but almost everyone came in with Stuck in the Middle with you. And they were saying that they tried to come up with something else, but that's the one. The first time someone actually did the torture scene to that song, the guy didn't even have a great audition, but I was it was like I was watching the movie. I was thinking, oh my God, this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> so <that's, laughs> that was yeah. Tarantino talking about it, which is well, fantastic, isn't it? Mm. It was so good. Mm. Um, and yeah, what do you do? Like how do you I mean imagine being an actor auditioning for that and saying you pick any song you want, doesn't have to be this is the song I'm thinking. Mm. Doesn't have to be that song. You're literally gonna just stroll around and torture this guy. What do you want to have in the background? <laughs> what would you choose? What would you choose? <laughs> like, what do you do? Yeah. No, I'd, I'd go with the one that he wants. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's it just yeah. It, it's it, it works well. Um, now, I've got some notable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was what you've said. My baby shot me down. Bang bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nancy Sinatra, of course. Another one is from Pulp Fiction. Okay. Called Jungle Boogie. Oh, Jungle Boogie. By Cool and a Gang. And when was that played? It's played in the car when they're having a conversation about the differences between Europe and America. Do they talk about the difference in the burger? They talk about the burger. Oh, no way. Because of the pound. Yep. Yeah. The measure. You know what they call a. A quarter, quarter pounder, pounder in, in Paris. A royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. Because of the metric system. They don't even know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. is. Mm. And, then, and then Samuel Jackson goes, what do they call a Big Mac? Well, it's a Big Mac, but it's love Big Mac. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and then, the, la- and then the, the best part after that, he goes, and what do they call a Whopper? I didn't go to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, my other honourable mention, my last honourable mention is Tupac featuring James Brown. It's a mashup called Unchained. And from it's from Django, Django Unchained. And right. it's, a, it's the shootout at the end oh, in the house when Jamie Foxx comes in. Just let's play it. And go. Let's play it now. Brilliant, brilliant song. And Love just it. the shootout, you know, just tries to shoot his way out of the whole thing and oh, whatever. Geez. So, mate, I think that's... That was a bit of a marathon. I think that was a bit of a marathon. I think that's good. I think we... Uh, well, we always do this at the end. We always just talk ourselves up. <laughs> I think we did well. I think we we're okay. Do you think we did well? No, I, think I think we, we did well. I think no, we did look, justice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could have easily picked a film out of Tarantino's mm-hmm. catalogue and, mm-hmm. and done it, but I think it was better to do that. We've gotten the cream of the crop from his, from the movies. Yep. Um, I mean, obviously Pulp Fiction, for example, had a great soundtrack that was yep. – I think it was pretty popular. And yeah. Got to 15 or 16 in the charts okay. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That so would have been an there. obvious choice to just go with Pulp Fiction and do that. But I'm yep. glad we went across a few different movies. I think, yeah. So to. now people, when they listen to that episode, they can, we might have inspired people to go watch 
any number of the movies we've. I want to see about. a lot of the, a lot of these movies I haven't seen in years. I yeah. want to go back and watch them and and really invest yeah. myself in the music and listen a bit more, and kind of think about it the scenes a little bit more. Yeah. Now that we've yeah. talked about them in depth. Yeah. Um, so I hope you go off and do that. Yep. That's our objective. And guys, mm-hmm. remember, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> And tell your friends. <laughs>